0: I've got good news. Good news this morning. Hallelujah. What you need most is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, I love being able to preach at home, because I can say things that, it's not that I can't say them other places, but they don't mean as much, (laughs) you know, I I can be me, I can tell you what's going on, and it's freeing, and it's wonderful, hallelujah, I had an idea, or that's the wrong way to say it maybe. I thought I knew what I was going to preach this morning. I'll say it that way. And I had a pretty well thought out, planned out, all of those things. And last night, the Lord spoke to me. He says, I just want you to empty yourself. And He said to me, What you need most is the Holy Ghost. See, at the prayer center, we have a lot of knowledge. We have a lot of understanding. We have heard more teaching. This is, of course, my opinion. But but more teaching, more truth than most any church in the United States of America. That's partial opinion, but I think it's pretty factual. We have had more in-depth teaching about who we are on the born-again trail, in-depth teaching on how to be mature in the Lord, how to walk with Him. And sometimes we can get caught up into a formula or a desire to want more of something, whether it be Help me, Holy Ghost. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying because we need all these things. But sometimes we can want more knowledge. We want more prayer time. We want more fasting. We attach something to these principles that maybe God didn't attach to them. I don't know if you're following me or not, but what I'm saying is sometimes we believe if I have a little more fasting, if I could just pray in the Holy Ghost a couple more hours, if I had a little more revelation on this subject or that subject, then XYZ, whatever it might be, will happen. But see, I want to remind you what you need most is the Holy Ghost. (laughs) What you need most is... His leadership in your life, you ought to be by this time disciplined enough to have a prayer life. So, I mean, you know, not saying that we don't need more prayer. I'm just saying that you ought to have that already carved out in your life. So the answer shouldn't be, you know, maybe I need to pray in tongues for X amount of time. Sometimes that's the answer. But the answer ought to be, Holy Ghost, what do you want me to do? What do you have for me right now? What is the answer to this situation? And we're at a place as a family that we can have that relationship with Him. He's there for us in every situation. He's leading us. He's taking us by the hand. If we'll listen, He'll bring us out of any situation that we're in. He'll bring us through any situation that we face. Any difficulty, any hardship, any any problem, anything. I know I'm going slow this morning. But either He's going to do it or it's not going to happen. (laughs) Hallelujah. I believe we're going to go to Romans 8. At least I'm going to turn there. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not going to try to teach from Romans 8. But I'm just going to share a few scriptures. and We'll start in verse 12. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. So I want to focus on this for a moment. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And Pastor Dave has taught extensively about these things, and as, long, as well as Gary and Alan and most who have stood at this pulpit have talked about putting to death the nature of the flesh, walking after the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. I want to encourage you that the purpose of putting to death the things of the flesh is not to be dead, It's so that we can live. It's so that we can walk after the things of the Spirit. We're putting down one thing, our flesh, in order to stand in the newness of life. And as simple as that sounds, sometimes we can get so caught up in putting something to death that we forget that we're supposed to live. And the thing is, there is an end result. There is good news at the end of this. It's not all about putting yourself down or putting your flesh down. And it's really not about putting yourself down. Because the real you is the spirit that you're supposed to be following anyway. Your spirit. You're to be led of the spirit. The Holy Ghost is bearing witness with your spirit that you're a son of God. Many people have come to me. They said, Hans, I've never heard the Lord speak to me. I said, are you born again? Because if you are, God has spoken to you. The Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit that you're a son of God. God wants to lead and guide and direct us. And he does it by the spirit within us. And I thought it's interesting. He doesn't say for as many as are sons of God, they're led by the spirit of God. He said for those who are. Or did I just say that what it says for, the, for those who are led by the spirit of God? They're the sons of God. And sometimes we have it the other way of, uh, the other way around that for as many that are sons of God, they're led by the spirit. But you see, a qualification of sonship is to be led by the spirit. You can be born again and you're led to be born again. But but you could walk the rest of your life and not really be led by the spirit. Still be born again. Possibly still make heaven. I, if you can keep your salvation and not follow. It would be difficult. <laughs> I would think. Because your flesh tries to take you down places that we shouldn't be going. But you see, if we're mature in the Lord. If we're sons. The evidence is that we're led by the Spirit. Your spirit man should be leading you. Your spirit man I'll say it this way, I believe, I don't know maybe everyone here, but I'm pretty sure all of us here can be led by our spirit. You've been born again. You've been taught the word of God. You've developed in your walk with him. And if you've been here for any length of time, You've either spent some time praying in the Holy Ghost or you're just totally disobedient, which I don't think anybody in here would be that way. Or you hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost, which is, that's okay. We can fix that too. But since you have, you can be led by your new nature, that born-again spirit on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit can speak to you. You can hear Him. And you can make the right decisions. You can follow that. I know this is simple stuff, but it's something God wants us to get, wants us to understand for where we're going. See, Hurba sanda di chela bocundi la, beanda rakatala, rondo Ye la borongua zambadanda laranga. There's a mandista chotu. There's a mandista chetela. There's a mandesta la kutun de dianda kachela. And indies to la kuala, yohan maniasa ke. For yandela borongua zambafuandesa. Te to kutande hatala moracasta. And yes to la bahasa. For you'll have many opportunities. And you've already had them. But you'll see that even more is coming where you'll have the temptation to follow after the things of the flesh. But to go where I am taking you, it has to become a reality in your life that no matter what's happening around you, your spirit guides you, leads you, takes you by the hand, and you're following after him down the path, that I illuminate down the path that I show for there will be times when you will have to stop and wait and look for the light of the path that I'm illuminating for when I am not lighting a path before you it's a time to stop and say where am I and which direction am I to go because there will be because in following this there's times when temptation has overcome some temptation has led you to a dead end and you've wondered in your heart is it really working? is it really worth it? how can I know really where to go? for there's been so many times you would say that I followed you Lord I did what you said but yet it didn't work out for me And I would say unto you, my little sheep, my lambs, those whom I love, never, never forsake listening and following and hearing my voice. For I will lead you in a way that you will not fail. Do not be deceived. For there's been times that, yes, you've been stopped. Yes, it seemed as though things didn't happen. But I can assure you, my promises are yes and amen. My promises are true, says the Lord. Do not be deceived. Do not allow the enemy to tell you this is not working. For I say unto you, there is a leadership that I am bringing. And I've already brought to this body. And this is a time for you to look within this is a time for you to grab a hold of that which i placed within you and to follow the light that I illuminate before you and If you think you can 't see the path, just look to your brother look to your sister and see that I'm taking a body to a place that I have promised I'm taking a body to a place of revival a place of an outpouring a place where my spirit is free to do what I said I will do so do not be deceived the enemy has not stopped you he hasn't led you down the wrong way you continue to follow me For when the temptations of the flesh come, you know what to do. You know what to do. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hmm. Lead us, Lord. Guide us. You can be turned to Luke chapter 5. I don't know exactly what message this is or how in the world to title it, but I'm just going to do my best to follow him. We'll see where we go. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. All right. Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of... uh, Gennesaret, something like that, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now, I'm not a fisherman, but I don't think they wash their nets until they're done. <laughs> so these guys were, were finished. They were done fishing. They'd, they'd, they'd fished, and it tells us later that they were, but anyway, they're there and they're washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he'd left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Or that's King Jamesy, you know, he wanted to, to catch some fish. <laughs> And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and I've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. So, you know, these men are, are fishermen. They've been fishing. They washed their nets. They're done fishing. <laughs> They're ready to put their nets away. And Jesus is saying, let's go catch some fish. You know, I don't know what their attitude may have been, but I don't know if you've ever had someone try to tell you how to do something that you know how to do. (laughs) But it can be difficult. I'm a technician. I've been a technician for over 20 years. Every day, almost, I'm, I'm in people's homes and I'm installing Internet. I'm installing things for you. And most people are very, very happy that I'm there. Most of them are very generous and and just polite, and they just want their stuff to work. But every once in a while, you'll come across somebody that thinks that they know how to do it better than you do. (laughs) And so they'll try to tell you, how they want it done, where they want it, how it's going to work. And it's even worse when you're going someplace to repair something and there's nothing wrong, but they're 100% sure there is. And they tell you all these things that that why, why it isn't working right and all of those things. So I kind of picture Peter this way. He's like, look, I'm a fisherman. You know, I've been out here all night long. You're a preacher. You just did your job. You know, why do you need me? Why do you need to tell me how to do mine? But he had enough Humility, just enough that he said, okay, you know, I'll do it at your word. Because he did recognize that Jesus is the master. Even if maybe you don't know how to fish Jesus, it's okay. I'll do it because you told me to at your word. And, you know, sometimes in life, we, whether it's spiritual things or, or natural things, we learn things that we know how to do. And we get to a place where we can do them better than—I'm going to say—better than anybody else. But what I mean is, you can do it for yourself at the best level, right? And so you've been doing it a long time. You know how to do it, and you continue doing it. It could be something. It could be spiritual things. Maybe you—if you prayed in tongues for a long time, you know what what needs to be done, and you're going to do those things. And then maybe you get done doing that over and over and over again. And you get some result, but it's not really what you had expected. Maybe you go down a path that the Lord has told you to go down, and you didn't get the results you expected. And you're kind of scratching your head, and you're wondering, what do I do next, or or, "I, I just go back to what I know to do. And we continue walking with him. But then he might say, go on out. Let's see what he says here. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night, have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help. And they came and filled the ships so that they began to sink. Sometimes I think we're reluctant to do what the Lord's asking us to do because maybe we've done it so many times before. Maybe we've become so accustomed to it that it's just another day, another action. There's another place where Jesus had said, put, cast your nets to the other side. And so sometimes we're out here doing this thing, we're following the Lord, we're doing what He says, and then He'll say, Do it again. And if we're not careful, we could easily disregard that because we think, well, well, I did that. You know, I spent my time in prayer. I spent my time fasting. I spent my time doing what you told me to do, Lord. And if we're not careful, our flesh can get in the way. Our knowledge can get in the way, can puff us up to a place where we might think we know better than He does. Now, I don't think that we do it on purpose most of the time, but I just want to remind us tonight, today, this morning, whatever time of day it is, <laughs> that we need the Holy Ghost in our life more than we need anything else more than we need the great knowledge that we, that we have, more than we need to learn, because He's our teacher. You can gather all the knowledge and information in the world, but if you don't have a teacher, all it is is stuff, all it is is information, all it is is education. But when He teaches you, When He's the one that's leading you, then we have an application to that. He'll tell us exactly how to use it in our life and what it can do for us and where it can take us. The Holy Ghost is the one we need the most. What I was going to share earlier that I think I'm okay to share now. (laughs) When I was just Beginning to step into the call that God had in my life. Um, I had plans. <laughs> I had ideas. I, I had, uh, part of it is I had a vision. I, I knew that what God had called me to. But sometimes we can take the vision that God has given us and we start putting our own plans to it. right? So, so I'm like, okay, I, I know God said preach. Alright, I can do that. And the thing is, he doesn't want us to do it. He wants to do it through us. He wants us to rely on him completely and totally. And that's why sometimes, this is what I believe anyway. This is my opinion. The reason, because I've struggled with this. So I've been here at the prayer center for many years. And um, sometimes I don't feel like I'm any further ahead than I was (laughs) when I walked through the doors. But it doesn't matter what I feel like, right? It doesn't matter what what it seems like. We know that the Word of God is true. We know that when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we're building ourselves up on our most holy faith. We know that we're being changed from glory to glory. And so, when I first started, uh, well, first came to understand what my calling was, I had a plan. (laughs) And... um, You know, I I wanted to go out and minister. And I wanted to begin doing what God called me to do. And um, I talked to my wife about it. She's on board. All right, everything's great. Until the day comes that I'm like, all right, let's do this. And and it's kind of like, do what? (laughs) I was like, what God's called us to do, you know? And anyway, we were... Not in agreement. (laughs) I'll just say it that way. My wife and I were not in agreement as to how the calling of God was going to be fulfilled in our life. And I was struggling so, so hard with it. I mean, I was hurting. Just really, really hurting. I'm like, you know, I'm working a secular job and I'm called to preach. (laughs) This doesn't work for me. You know, I was really, really... Hurting and, and wanting an answer. And I, and I went to those that I love. I went to counselors. I went to pastors. I, I talked to Pastor Dave even. I talked to different people. And, and I got great advice. There's nothing wrong with what well, any of them said. It was all good. But there was still something. I couldn't, I couldn't break free from this. And... The Lord spoke to me out of Hebrews. You don't have to turn there. I'm only going to read it because I don't want to misquote it. Because <laughs> it's only part of this verse that he, that he really spoke to me. But Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them, that diligently seek him. And I was doing my best to diligently seek him. We had a house with an upstairs room. It was just one room upstairs. And I remember going up there and there was this futon there and I just lay—I just laid my face in that futon. And I was like, God, I can't. Nobody can help me. <laughs> you know, I've been to everybody I know and they can't help me. And the Lord said, he says, if you're going to come to me, You must believe that I am. And you're not. (laughs) And for me, that kind of defined... I I use that to define grace in my life. The grace of God is knowing that He is and I'm not. (laughs) I can't do this. And, And it broke me. And He gave me some very specific instructions not so much instruction but he said to me he said i didn't know that i was doing this necessarily but he says you go tell your wife that she's more important than your call and i share that story this morning to say we can get so caught up in doing for the lord Yes, we must have a hunger for God. We've got to have that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And chase after God and, and do what He says and follow Him. But when God speaks to you, what I have learned to do is just bring it before Him and say, how do you want to do this? Because, I mean a lot of the things that he's told me, I can't do anyway. So so I have to say, how do you want to do this? But but there's been many, many, many times where I've gotten impatient. I'm like, well, look, if you're not going to tell me how to do it, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) I think I can figure this out, you know. And the problem is, you might figure it out. (laughs) And if you do, and he's not in it, it was a waste of time anyway. When I was praying earlier, as the Holy Ghost was, was speaking, I was seeing people walking, following a path that's illuminated. There's darkness all around. There's a path right in front of you. And you're following that path. But somehow, you just continue walking because it's the direction you, that the Lord once told you. But if you're not careful, pretty soon you're out here and the, the, the path's gone. The light has become darkness because we're no longer following after the spirit, but we're going that direction simply because God told me to 20 years ago. But you know, God wants to speak today. He's got something for you today. And oftentimes what he has for you is keep going that direction, but it's not always. And so we got to be willing to stop and say, wait, Holy Ghost, you're the one I need the most. (laughs) Which way do I go today? Now, most of the time, for me anyway, I don't hear nothing. So so I said, well, I guess I go to work and I do what I'm supposed to do. I take care of my family. I do the godly things and I continue on the path of revival. You know, I don't know. If I even want to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. <laughs> if you don't know it, revival, revival is here, but if you haven't noticed, we're not seeing what we're claiming as our revival. And, te- and so there's no reason to stop until we get there. I love what Gary said about some of the people in politics. And I'm not gonna go there, but <laughs> he says, you know, there's and, and I'll just say it this way there's some people that fight until they lose. Right? But the thing is, there's others who fight until they win. And see, God has called us to fight until we win. And and the thing is, what allows us to fight until we win is understanding that we've already won. It's knowing, it's building that hope inside of us. It's building that picture of where we're going along the way, rejoicing that we're heading that way, but also, let's not forget what God's doing today you know we can get caught up sometimes in looking for revival that we miss the blessing that we had today it's not that we miss it but the Bible says acknowledge him in all your ways he'll direct your paths right acknowledge God and so sometimes we forget to acknowledge him it's like well I mean we're heading for revival yeah but God healed me this week You know, God set me free from something this week. God did something in my life. God's here. He's comforting me. He's helping me. Praise God. Thank God for revival. But thank God he didn't like give us a a bunch of tools and say, go to work. You know, he's here with us the whole way. It's like digging for gold. He didn't just give you the pickaxe and say, go at it. And you just keep working and sweating and almost die until you finally find a little nugget. He's there with you. And along the way, He's encouraging us. He's We're seeing the gold every single day. It's not just something that's at the destination, but He's with us along the path. And the path to our destination is just as important, just as sovereign as the destination itself. God's here with us. And don't despise the pathway. Don't despise the necessities that we must go through on the way there. Because, you know what, there's... When we have a determination to follow God no matter what, the enemy is going to try to find out what that what is. <laughs> He's going to try to find out if there is something that will deter you. If there is something that will stop you. And if we're going to be determined, let's be determined, you know. Let's, let's walk in this together. Let's just continue down the path that's being illuminated for us, for our church, for our body, for And then, yes, also for our individual life. God calls us individually. And then he also connects us to a body. And of course, we're all connected to the body of Christ. But I think sometimes it's important to break that down and realize that we, are members in particular... Then when we're connected to this body, our body is a member. There's another body that's a member. And it's very, very important that we're focused on what our member does. Like like Alan said, if we make the urine, <laughs> that's what we ought to do. Whatever it is that our portion of the body does, whatever it is that our function is in the body, we have to be committed and determined that we're, we're going to walk with that. Number one, walking in our individual call, but then also joining. Uh, and here's the thing about it. A lot of times we just pick a place and join it. But God wants to put you in the church. And he wants to fitly join us together. Now, I believe he's done that. And most of us here have been been fitted into this place in the body. And it's not about where you are geographically. It's about where you are in the spirit and the place that God is put you the, the authority and the grace that's on your life is needed in this part of the body in order for us to function as a body. Every cell that's in your liver is necessary. You know, the, the liver can't function. I, I suppose there's times when pieces can be cut out or whatever, but in order for it to be healthy and function properly, it all has to be there. And as a body, in order for us to function as a, our heart, whatever that might be, then we all have to be here. And if you can't be here geographically, then we've got to be here in the Spirit, and we've got to be here for one another, and we have to be connected in prayer. And of course, we know that we're going to see hardships, and we've seen them. Thank God that Gary is as strong as he is. He's here today. It's amazing. Angie is here today. You know what? It's not because of Gary. It's because the Holy Ghost is who he needs the most. And he has him. And he knows that he's there. And he's strengthening him. And he's bringing him through this. And I'm not uh, saying that to disregard Gary. Because he (laughs) has made that decision. But he's trusting in the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage... You, as a part of this body, part of being plugged in, is praying for the leadership. It's not just, God bless Gary and Tim and Alan, and amen, you know. We really need to be aware of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Because our words are important. And He wants to lead us not only in our daily steps, but He wants to lead you in your prayers. Not only praying in other tongues... But praying spiritual prayers, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. And if He doesn't, pray in tongues. <laughs> you know, I can, I understand that we're not directing our tongues when we're praying in tongues, but we can be praying for our leadership and have our heart towards our leadership as we're praying in other tongues. And the Holy Spirit, what I, my experience with that is you may not be praying. For that person. But the Holy Spirit can bring things to you. As you're praying in other tongues. For that person. As your heart and your, your mind is towards that. Because. We're led by the Spirit of God. We must be led by the Holy Ghost. We must be led by. I think you know what I mean by that. It's really our human spirit being led by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. Leads us through our spirit. Y'all, just bear with me this morning. Be praying for me. I, um, it's pretty crazy. I'm not. Uh, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not nervous. But I'm just like I really, really just want Him this morning. That's it. I feel like that's what what He wants. I could have given you a great message. <laughs> I could. I had things planned, but He loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. I shared this a couple weeks ago or maybe a week ago at prayer and I didn't know if I would share it today but I'm I'm going to go ahead and share this and uh, we'll see where that takes us it might close out the service, I don't know but I don't know maybe a year ago, it's maybe been more than that, time goes by so fast <laughs> kind of like some of the yesterday when we had the the memorial service you see people haven't seen in years and you realize that I they look I I was telling Sally I was like you look like I seen you yesterday but what happened to your kids (laughs) You know, they got older we're still the same but uh, you realize how many years have passed without you even thinking about it so anyway some time ago I had I was in prayer and I was with my brother Doug at my house we were praying and um, we were praying for the prayer center, but we were mostly just praying in the spirit. And uh, I had this vision, and I saw this creature. It was actually it was a rhinoceros. I saw a rhinoceros. I saw the prayer center building. No one was in the building. There's no people in it, and there's this rhinoceros running from that wall. To that wall. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. And there's dust being kicked up. And debris. And the building was being demolished. By this thing. This uh, rhinoceros. And it's just running back and forth. And running back and forth. Until. Finally. Nothing was there. The building is completely gone. And it looked like nothing had ever been there. But from that field. These. Uh, not any kind of plant I'd ever seen before, but these plants began to grow, and they're beautiful, big, huge leaves on them. And people started coming from all over the place and just flooded this field, and they were taking these leaves and smelling them and, and wiping it on themselves, and they were being completely healed, transformed by these plants. I thought, well, that's odd. <laughs> you know, uh, it was concerning to me. I thought, first of all, what's this rhinoceros? And <laughs> why is it destroying the prayer center? But it wasn't destroying the prayer center. There's no people there was destroying the building. And uh, I didn't know what it meant. I felt like it had something to do with man-made structures and that type of thing. But I didn't know. And then, maybe three or four weeks ago, I was in prayer with the intercessory group. I know uh, some people were sharing and praying. And the thing was, I didn't hear anything that they said or what they prayed. All I saw was this rhinoceros running back and forth again. (laughs) And it was so clear and so uh, vivid that I I didn't know what to do. So I went home and I I began to seek the Lord and... (laughs) there's (laughs) there's <laughs> duh right <laughs> i started asking the lord what what's going on and and as i was praying and asking him about this this rhinoceros becomes very clear to me and like the face of it in this big eye and and he said to me the rhinoceros is you Well, that really was disturbing (laughs) because I said, I'm destroying the prayer center? I don't know. what, What do you mean? And what he said is he says, you must be as strong as a rhinoceros in prayer, going back and forth and allow me to destroy everything that man has made and built in your life from the prayer center. I'm going to explain that a little bit because that might sound bad. (laughs) But see, whenever we have relationships, and I've had a long relationship with the prayer center. I've known the people here for a long time. We came here in 1996. I actually came here, I think it was 93 or 94, 95. Mark prayed for me and sent me to California. In in 95, I was working. Uh, We had a young adults meetings here, I think, and Mark was teaching those, and my wife and I, well, we weren't married at the time, but we were going to another church, but we'd sneak over here on Wednesday nights. And, and uh, you know, so we've had a long relationship here. What happens oftentimes in relationships, just as I'm t- telling you about being led by the Spirit of God, God led us to this church. There's no doubt about it. The first conference I came to, 19, I think it was 1996, I think it might have been the first conference they had here, I'm not sure. But I was standing here, somewhere along the front here, praying. And the Lord just spoke to me and He said, welcome home. And the same day, He said the same thing to my wife. So we knew this is where God had led us. But see, sometimes, as we build relationships with others, we can put people in a place in our life that God hasn't put them. We can have certain expectations that we shouldn't have. And um, since I'm at home, I can share some things that I wouldn't always share. But you know, I had a deep-seated desire to have a father, a spiritual father in my life. My dad is great. He's gone home now and I love my father. That's not the the issue. It wasn't a bad relationship with my dad or nothing like that. Maybe, maybe it had something to do with that. Probably, there probably was some, like wanting acceptance, wanting um, acknowledgement, wanting my dad to be proud of me. Well, I wanted a spiritual father to be proud of me. And I began to put the leadership of this church in a place in my life that God wasn't putting them. Don't get me wrong, Pastor Dave's my spiritual father. He's taught me more than anybody else. I thank God for him. Thank God for Gary and for Tim. These are, are men of God that I look up to and that have helped me. But in my estimation, I put them someplace that they that God didn't put them. Caused disappointment in my life. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when God leads us into relationships, when he leads us into, when he places us in a body, we have to allow the Holy Ghost to place us there. Because when we start putting ourselves there, then we, we start establishing, uh, I don't, like to use this word sometimes because it can be elusive, but we establish some soul ties sometimes to people that um, maybe God didn't put there. We have things in our our soulless realm, in our emotions and in our our thoughts and in our expectations that God didn't necessarily put there. And so those things can be man-made. And God wants to destroy all of that so that we can walk only by the Spirit. doesn't mean that those men aren't important in my life. It doesn't mean that, that I don't respect and honor and receive the words that they have to say. It means that the first place in my life is the Holy Ghost. And you know what? Every one of them would tell me the same thing. You know, I, I know when I was young, of course I was young, that's, and so there's immaturity, that's okay. But I can remember coming to this church at, at 19 years old, 20 years old, and there was other young men that would come with me. There was one young man that would walk, I think, four or five miles to come here. But in a few weeks, he was no longer around. And I remember talking with them, and we would talk about the anointing. And, and you know, we'd be like, if you could have the anointing of any minister, who would it be? You know, which one is better? You know, and we would we would have those conversations. And I remember thinking, there's no way I could ever have any of that. That's just unattainable. You know, the most I could hope for is I get to preach and God, God'll, God'll bless me. And what I did is, I began to elevate these men to a godlike place that was unattainable. And that's done by the flesh, not the spirit. And so these are man made things in my life. And, and I wouldn't say that, I never thought that I was putting them in some on some pedestal. I never thought that I was doing that to them. They, I, I love them, but you know, actually what it did is it kept a distance between me and them because it, it caused an intimidation in me. I, I was never one that would hang out in Dave's office, and I'm not saying that it's right or wrong or nothing like that, and I would almost, it was a prideful thing because I would th- say, and I wouldn't say it out loud, but <laughs> in my heart, You know, I'm not those people. I don't hang out there with Dave, but the truth was I wanted to be the one that's hanging out there. And so all of those things were man-made. And when I left here in 2007, I went to pastor a church in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And one of the first things the Lord said to me, which absolutely broke me, He said, I want you to break all ties... With the family prayer center, and I was by myself in the little church building, and I heard him so clear. And I just said that I just—I said it before I could even think. I was like, "No," I said, "No," you know. Then I was like, I said, "Well, God, what do you mean? You know, how, how can I do that? This is my family." And he said to me, "He said, I want you to break the soul ties in your life." And I grabbed a chair and I knelt down that chair. And I moaned, groaned, I hurt, and I broke everything that I knew how to break. And you know, after that, God was able to... Then Dave could be my father, you know? Uh, Then... I could have a real relationship with the leadership of the prayer center. And you know, but even though all of that was broken, reestablished godly, there's still things in my life that need to be destroyed. And in order for us to walk as a family in the Spirit... We must allow the Holy Spirit to destroy the man-made flesh things that we have picked up about one another or about whatever it might be, the attachment that we've put on the prayer center in our life. We've got to be willing to say, God, if it's not of you, you know, obviously there's things that are godly and that we need to have. But we have to be willing. And, and, it, and it hurts sometimes. For me, it hurts all the time. But, but because we can hold on to something so tightly and believe so much that it's what we need when really it was just what our flesh wanted. And if we're willing, the Holy Spirit will help us. And He'll help us to relinquish that hold He'll set us free from that. And I believe it's in that freedom that we'll be able to stand as a family in the Spirit and walk into revival. In the Spirit, we'll be able to hear the Lord say, Mark needs prayer today. i must say we don't do it now, but I believe there's another level. And it may, maybe he doesn't need prayer. <laughs> maybe he needs a phone call. Maybe, you know, God can connect us in a way that we could never connect in the natural. And, but as long as we hold on to that connection, then God doesn't have room to bring in His connection. We have to make room for the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we think what we need most is the people around us. And don't get me wrong, you need them. <laughs> but it's not what you need Most. And there may be times when the Lord says, you can't make it to that birthday party because I need you. And it hurts. And we think it's not fair. But the truth is, if we follow the light, the illuminated path that He sets before us, Oh, it's going to be worth it. It is so worth it. And you know, as much as you may feel like it hurts, like you're missing out on something, when it's God and He's leading us, He always makes up the difference. He always takes care of it. I remember Pastor Dave telling us that we must, in that scripture that says, you know, hate wives and and children and so forth. I know I'm messing up the <laughs> the uh, uh, quote, but he would say, you know, God, if we will love Him more, love our family and those things that those people that we hold so dear to us less than Him, then God can give us the building blocks to establish His purpose. In our lives. He can give us the building blocks. To keep our children. On the right path. To keep our family together. To, to hold it all up before him. Because if we hold on to it. Then we don't have room for God. To hold on to it. At least in our lives. So with that. I want to just. Tell you I love you. <laughs> uh, follow after the spirit. Allow the Holy Ghost to be your teacher and to establish the place in your life that He has for the people around you. And let's continue on on this path to revival. Amen. All right, God bless you guys. You're dismissed. We'll see you 10 o'clock.